0: SCNZ mornings with Ian Smith. No, Smithy. he's on World Cup duty, so Ricardo Ball in for you. And uh, we are going to be talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, or as they're known over here, the Stephen Adams Memphis Grizzlies. Or Grizzly Adams has done wonders at the franchise, and joining us to talk about that, uh, his impact is Drew Hill, Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Memphian. Uh, g'day, Drew, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, man, good. I mean, uh, we saw uh, just the other day Stephen Adams set a record for the Memphis Grizzlies for most uh, defensive rebounds in a season. Uh, just how big an impact has he had? And was it the impact you expected?
1: Yeah, I think that um, he's, had a, he's had a major impact, obviously, since he got here. But there was questions about whether or not uh, it was a good trade for the Grizzlies, I think, when they made it, because people were sad to see Jonas Valanciunas leave. He was such a big offensive piece. And Steven, the trade was never really about offense when they traded for him. I guess that's hard for the common fan to understand because you know, most people want to see you put the ball in the basket. But Steven defensively has been a lot more versatile. His rebounding obviously has been great offensively. Um, he, he gets a lot more opportunities than he had in the past. Playing with John ja Moran, who drives to the basket so much, there's, there's the tendency to have somebody there to clean it up, and he's done a great job in that role. But I think where he surprised people the most has been his passing. He's been an excellent passer this year. He has a great connection with teammate Desmond Bain, and uh, all of that together has been a, a recipe of success
0: for both Stephen and the Grizzlies. The the way that he's fitted in here, I mean, because it was a I don't know. You just treat this as a road bump that season of the Pelicans.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think that the culture here in Memphis is just a lot better than it was down there in New Orleans. Um, You're playing alongside Zion Williamson, who's obviously another big-body type, and uh, I just think that the fit here is a lot better, as well as, you know, the the Grizzlies have been winning over the last few seasons. The Pelicans seem to have distractions on and off the court, and here Stephen can really just be himself. He's not really one to be involved in, I guess, sort of the, the dancing and that sort of thing. Uh, he's a little bit more to himself, but he fits well with this, with his Grizzlies teammates They're a young team. He's kind of the, the older guy of the bunch, um, which is crazy to say because he's only, what, 27 years old. But here he can be sort of the veteran that players look up to, and uh, I think he just fits much better in, in the role here than he did in New Orleans.
0: Yeah, he also does that great thing where he can pick up bodily opposition players and move them out of Frecker.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's 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 a, <laughs> I don't know if that was a trick question, <laughs> but, uh, he, yeah, he's... I, I assume you're talking about the screening, um, and he's great at picking people up. The Tony Bradley thing earlier this year with the Bulls was hilarious. Yeah. Um, when he picked a guy up and walked him halfway down the court. That was great. Jaron Jackson Jr., a big seven-footer, he said Stevens actually picked him up, too, and it makes him feel like he's a seven-year-old kid. I thought that was a great answer. Uh, but, yeah, he, you know, uh, underrated part of Stevens' game is not just the screening, but I, he, he's one of the big reasons that John Moran has been so successful this year because after he screens, he's really good at sealing off defenders to create a completely open lane for the Grizzlies' guards. And they didn't really necessarily get that last year. And so I think that's part of the reason why you've seen Javi so successful. He leads the league in paint scoring, and he's six foot three. So uh, I think Steven Adams definitely deserves some credit there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned his passing as well has, has gotten a lot better. It, has, I haven't checked the, uh, uh, his assist record this season, but does that mean that his, his assists have gone up as well? Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah. I think he's going to set a career high in assists per game. Um, They use him in the high post quite a bit where they, like, throw it to him and he does either the dribble handoff or uh, finds another teammate. But he, like I said, with Desmond Bain in particular, for whatever reason, those two guys have found this connection that really works. And um, no two players as a combination have led to more assists, uh, you know, to each other than those two guys on the Grizzlies this year. And so – Um, Yeah, it's been a a big uptick for him as far as passing goes.
0: Yeah, I'm just having a look now, actually. He's uh, averaging 3.3 assists a game this season. Uh, His career assist average is 1.5, so it's over double. Yeah, yeah, he's been tremendous, tremendous passing. Yeah, that is superb. And the other thing I think that with, with uh, this team, and this isn't just about Stephen Adams, this is about the team, it's is about the coach, I think, it's about the balance of the squad, uh, is that without Jar Morant, you know, you see so many teams who have a big star player uh, that when the, the, the big star player is not there, you know, they may go to a 50 50 kind of record or something like that. But they're 12 and 2, I think, is that right, with, without Jar Morant this season, which is uh, incredible.
1: Even better, they're 17-2 and two without wow. John Morant this season, which is, it. yeah, they've been tremendous without him. I think a big reason why is because they all sort of seem to step up when he doesn't play. Um, they shoot the ball better from three-point range for whatever reason when he's not on the court, um, and they've passed the ball really well when he's not on the court. Everyone knows that the Grizzlies, and the best version of the Grizzlies, involves John Morant. They need him to have the ball in his hands in big playoff series, but, uh, for whatever reason they have performed better when he is off the floor this year, whether it's just guys stepping up or, um, you know, just, just everybody making a conscientious effort to, to pick up for losing your superstar. They've been awesome. And I think Steven is one of the players that's been awesome
0: you know, in his absence. Yeah, he's, uh, been, he's had a fantastic season by, uh, by any measure really and, and so of the team. I mean, Drew, if before the season tipped off I told you that with, what, six games to play in the regular season the Grizzlies would be second in the West and just about guaranteed second as well how quickly would you have been on the phone to the doctors at Arkham Asylum? <laughs>
1: uh, very quickly. I would have told you you're absolutely nuts. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's just been a really a perfect storm for Memphis. Uh, so many of their players have taken a leap, whether it's Ja or Jaron Jackson getting a lot better, and Desmond Bain has been a lot better. So they've been great. And at the same time, you've seen more parodies enter the league, particularly um, in the Western Conference, because you've got teams like the Clippers that are missing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You've got a team like Denver that's missing two superstars. And so all of that sort of combined has led to this season for the Grizzlies. And if they win today, there'll be more games above 500 than they ever have been as a franchise. So um, it it is not an overreaction to say this may be the best regular season in the history of the Memphis Grizzlies. And, you know, it's been... Awesome to be here
0: for it. Yeah, fantastic to be here, especially when you consider you know uh, you look at some of the other teams in the West. You know, the Golden State Warriors, for example, but the Mavs, the Jazz, the Nuggets—they've all been uh, you know sort of a top sort of four, top six team for the last few years. You got the T Wolves of there or thereabouts, the Clippers who have yeah really fallen away, and then the absolute uh, dumpster fire that is the Lakers as well. I is it a perfect storm? Uh, you know, in terms of where other teams are at at the moment as well.
1: I think it is to a certain degree, and we'll see what happens in the playoffs when they get matched up with some of those teams because, you know, the Grizzlies are very inexperienced, and a lot of these inexperienced teams, especially in the playoffs, they don't make it very far. Um, They did get a little bit of a taste last year, but uh, I, I think that they could benefit from making it a couple of rounds into the playoffs and really getting a better feel for what it's like to play in the postseason. Um, but as far as a perfect storm, I I would have to say yes. I mean, the only team that's been better than them this year has been Phoenix, and Phoenix has far and away exceeded expectations. And typically, you could expect that from at least one or, or anywhere between two or three teams. This year, it's really just been the one. The Grizzlies have been the other team that have exceeded expectations. Um, and, uh, and the Grizzlies have already beaten the Suns this year. So I think that there's uh if, if you want to call it a perfect storm for the Grizzlies in terms of how, the way that the West has shaken out, um, the only two things are, are that you know Phoenix has been great and they have the Lakers' first-round pick if it falls outside of the top ten. So they've been actually cheering for the Lakers to try to win games um, but the Lakers have just continued to lose. So, if you have any gripes as the Grizzlies, the only ones would be, "Wow, we wish we were in first, and we wish the Lakers weren't all the way down there in ten
0: yeah, The Lakers, at the moment, as you mentioned, the tenth, they are a game inside the play-ins, um, and they're a long way off uh, being a playoff team. And that's that's not going to happen this season. Um, there is a possibility that the Grizzlies end up playing the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, as as I understand it, in terms of the way things work. Would that be a good thing or a bad thing?
1: I think it would be a good thing. I don't think it's likely to happen simply because they would have to finish seventh or eighth, um, which mathematically that is not totally out of the picture. It just seems pretty unlikely. I would say that the most likely opponents for the Grizzlies are going to be Timberwolves or Clippers. But if we're talking hypothetical Lakers-Grizzlies series, I mean, I don't think that the Lakers get a single game off of the Memphis Grizzlies in a series like that. They just The Grizzlies have dominated them in every matchup that they've played this season. Yes, they have LeBron James, and even at 38 years old, he's awesome. But the Grizzlies are better at every other position on the court than the, than the Lakers. I mean, at least this version of the Lakers that doesn't have Anthony Davis healthy. So I just don't see how LeBron would be able to single-handedly carry them uh, to a series win over the Grizzlies, I I honestly think the Grizzlies would probably sweep
0: them in that scenario. Yeah, all right, good stuff. Uh, Drew Hill with us. He is the Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Memphian. And Drew, before we let you go, we do something on the show every Tuesday uh, because I know it's it's Monday where you are, it's Tuesday over here. But uh, where we do the the Mount Rushmore where, where people have got to choose their top four of something. We call it the Mount Rushmore and today we're doing our Mount Rushmore of fighters. That can be anything. It could be boxers, could be wrestlers, could be you UFC fighters could be somebody out of a movie. Uh, if you're going to throw a name in the hat for the Mount Rushmore of fighters, all-time, all-time favorites, who you got?
1: Oh, just one? I just get one name? Well, you can chuckle um, four if you want. Okay, well, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. So uh, I covered, I, I went to school at the University of Alabama here, and Deontay Wilder, who I know lost to you know Tyson Fury in some of those matches, he trains there, and he's from there. And I've had the chance to spend time around him, and man, he is truly one of the the hardest workers I have ever seen. And that guy really knows how to settle a fight and how to talk. And because of my personal connection to him, I'll I'll, I'll I'll go there to Deontay because I've been able to watch him fight ringside and knock people out. And it, to see his right hand is incredible. So I got to throw him in there. And then the other thing is I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, which is where Muhammad Ali. Um, obviously spent a lot of his years and, uh, he's the greatest. What can I say? Every year I try to give a donation to the Muhammad Ali foundation and, uh, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Uh, I think he's the greatest boxer of all time and maybe one of the greatest athletes of all time. And so how could I not include Muhammad
0: Ali in there as well? That's a great shout. The Bronze Bomber and Muhammad Ali. Good stuff, Drew. Thanks for coming on and chatting, man. And uh, best of luck to your Memphis Grizzlies as well. We'll, uh, you know, as as a nation with only one player in the NBA, we'll all be Grizzlies fans. You know that over here in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I look forward to coming on again. I'm going to try to get through this Monday. I'm jealous of you guys are already on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. i got to get
0: through yeah. this work, <laughs> Have another coffee, man. Have another coffee. Good stuff, Drew. <laughs> All right, see you. Bye. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tires. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.